Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat Conversations with Filmmakers, where we discuss everything film and television here on Movie Beat. You're going to learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. And we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera. And I'll provide you with the guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now, let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. My guest today is Mr. Julian Adams. He's returning. This is part two or episode two. We're going to talk about uh, one of the first movies he made, which was uh, The Last Confederate. We're going to talk about Phantom, which was released in theaters starring Ed Harris and uh, David Duchovny, produced by Julian and Penn Densham and uh, directed by Todd Robinson, all whom have been guests on the show previously, so you're going to want to go back and listen to that. But the movie came out, a great movie, I loved it, and it's coming out on DVD June 25th, and uh, video on demand and television and all this kind of stuff, so we'll talk more about that in just a moment. Uh, If you're listening live, uh, you can join us in the chat room, because the chat room is open. Please do take a moment invite others to join you in listening and or chat with us, and uh, always do leave comments at the player before you uh, turn the player off once the show is completed. So leave comments, a tweet about us, Facebook it. It really does help. The official URL is rexsykes.com. I'm your host. That's my name. It's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. And all of these interviews can be listened to live right from that rexsykes.com at the interviews blog. And they can be listened to 24-7 because they're all archived. Over 400 hours of professional filmmakers sharing their expertise, their know-how, their secrets, tips, advice, what to do, what not to do uh, with you so that you can make your projects faster, less expensively, more professionally, so you can advance your careers, so you can get things done and get it to the marketplace. They're all there right for you. So please listen. Please share spread it near and far, leave comments, and um, and we're so glad you're here. We really are. And uh, all the people who tweet about the show and who share it, uh, you are just absolutely fabulous. Couldn't do it without you. Again, my guest is Julian Adams. He's a writer, producer, director. Go read his bio page. I'm going to bring him on now. Julian, how are you today? Hey, Rex. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you back. Um, you know, the Phantom, I keep saying the Phantom, I apologize, Phantom <laughs> is uh, is a, is a really cool movie about a submarine crew, and uh, uh, I loved it, my son loved it. I want to say that your uh, web address, where people can uh, find uh, out about you, yeah. is Solar Film Works, that's S-O-L-A-R-F-I-L-M-W-O-R-K-S dot com. That's right. And, That's right. and would you would you be so kind to uh, give us the web address of Phantom? Uh, Phantom, the well, let's see, Phantom the movie, I believe. Let me just double check that. I think it's Phantom the movie. <laughs> I, I always get confused sometimes. I, I think it's Phantom the film, but let me just double check this for well, you. One of them is like that. Um, one is Phantom the film, and one is. Let me. I'm, I'm double checking for you right now. Phantom the All film. Right. Phantom yeah. the <laughs> film. Dot com. Right. That's, that's why right. I wanted to check with you because I didn't have it right in front of me, and I wanted to make sure I didn't misspeak. Phantom. That's right. And then also so, on Facebook, you can find all the information that you know. Uh, there's Phantom the movie. If you also look for Solar Filmworks Production Company, um, or for Solar Filmworks, um, I've got I'm overloaded with friends at the moment. But if you go, the same information goes on to. Uh, Solar Filmworks Production Company. So you can get anything about Phantom there. Also, you know, you can. I'm sure if you if you the same information I, I push through Phantom uh, the the movie also on Facebook. So anyway, there are a lot of avenues to find it. Either PhantomTheFilm.com, SolarFilmworks.com, uh, Solar Filmworks Production Company on Facebook. So there's plenty of you know it, it's a, you know the same all the trailers, the information, the photographs, anything you want to know. 
Um, there are ways to reach us on, on all those sites. We're pretty easy to find. Very cool. And you're on Facebook as Solar Filmworks, and then Pendentium is on, on Facebook, as is Todd Robinson. So uh, people can find you guys and uh, and uh, interact yeah. in some fashion you know, that way. Uh, well, that's right. you know, and you know, I know you you use obviously Facebook well, and I think that uh-huh. you know these the social media help a lot in the sense of talking to filmmakers. I, you know, I read something where um, you know Vin Diesel was was saying that his fan base is inter- you know they interact with him all the time, and I think that this you know in this day and age, you can talk to filmmakers, you can find out you know how they did certain things, you can find out how stories developed, how films developed. It's a useful tool. I mean. Um, so I would say, you know, take advantage of that and talk to other filmmakers, help yourself, you know, filmmakers who are out there, actors, obviously people use it uh, and use it well for those purposes because it's the most effective way of, of, um, interacting with, you know, people in the film community or acting community. Very, very, very well put, actually, very well put. So, um, The Phantom is going to be released on DVD and Blu-ray on the 25th of June. That's not that far from now. Uh, it's in the near future, and people can uh, find it and get it, and uh, and they should really, they really should. It's a great movie, good, great performances, really nicely done. Um, and then, as as I recall talking with um, either Todd or Penn, whom we talked to about two weeks ago uh, yeah. on on the air, uh, they mentioned also, you know, that. It, uh, it comes out on Netflix at some point, and it's got a, like, right. a television run and a video. Under- oh, it is going to be on Netflix on the twenty fifth, so so people can look for it and uh, and get it. So uh, feel free to mention that again, especially about the time we take a break. And uh, I wanted to ask you though, you know, because I've talked with you before and and Todd and and Penn about working on the sub, which uh, is an incredibly confining thing and uh and you shot with the red epic but but the the process of making the submarine film and the technology that allowed it is um as you have said that there were two distinct production tracks uh in that a live action scenes in the sub and then the underwater exterior uh shots can you can you talk about each of those for a moment well sure i mean obviously you know the the film when when we Basically, the concept of the film was born out of uh, out of our ability to really to make it, and in the sense of Todd, Todd and I and everyone else, we you know slowly uh, sort of developed a plan of how do you how do you shoot a film economically on a submarine? You have to make sure one, you know that you've got to go outside of that submarine at some point, and so that really was the the real test was to make sure that okay, can we afford the CGI to build the exterior world? Shooting inside the submarine had its own, obviously, its own trials and tribulations. But we, you know, with the technology and the size of the cameras and the mobility of the cameras and the crew and everyone else, we knew that, you know, technology was on our side in that, in that sense. And so working with, you know, Byron Warner and getting the rest of the crew in there and understanding how do we move, you know, inside of the submarine, how do we shoot in there. But it took a, a while to develop that. It took a while to understand um, you know, how do we make sure that obviously our actors are comfortable, that we can really move the equipment around, that, you know, obviously our, our sound guys can get in there and maneuver, that, you know, because once you, once you get the infrastructure of a film into any space, it, there, there are a lot of, you know, complex factors that go into actually just physically being there, and how do the actors move, and Todd had to wrangle people, and how to, how, you know, how, how he exists in that environment, as a director trying to orchestrate things when the space is limited. So, you know, just visually, Todd had a good view of how he wanted to do this film. We spent endless hours, just the two of us, and then we brought, you know, other people in to, you know, it was walking around that submarine and sitting inside that submarine and figuring out, okay, how do we like this? How do we make this look right? And, and really, you know, my hat's off to Todd for figuring, you know, figuring all this out and working with people and really understanding how to get his vision you know, across to everyone, you know, uh, in every department. But, you know, in the end, you're right, it was a marriage of, you know, how do we how do we bring that CGI exterior world and make it work with, uh, the, you know, shooting this practical submarine from the inside and a little bit on the outside, obviously, the submarine is docked and all that. But you know, there was a small, there was another, you know, component, I would say, that is kind of a third component to the making of the film, which was, the model that was built, Ken Sewell built us a, you know, 
I don't know, thir- roughly 30-foot model of the submarine that was that you know was motorized and you know we shot that in the tank in the valley and so that element really brought that was sort of the the interstitial piece that really made the film work once you got outside the submarine I mean the shots of that model um, are very effective in my opinion and I think that that was yeah. you know that was a big a big part of it I think was to bring those three elements together to to really you know paint the the, the film on the canvas you know well with, without going into specific you know amounts or anything like that this was not a huge budget movie and yet it it does have a feel of, of being a large budget movie and and so it is it is a compliment to you and Penn and and Todd and and uh, you know all those involved in, in terms of making this movie on you know yeah. less than what a lot of movies are made for today. Well, yeah, and, and having I mean, a great look, I mean, story and great performances. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, you will absolutely. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But go ahead. Um, no, I just I just said and, and along with great story and great performances, the the movie has a lot of uh, you know has great produ- production value, and 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 uh, uh, the kudos to you, all of you guys for pulling that off. I mean, it, it's obviously something that. That uh, takes some savvy and know-how. Well, I'll tell you, you know that again. I mean, my hats off to Todd and to Penn and John Watson, who uh, you know was the boots on the ground guy producing this with us. And you know, I, I you know I have to say that <laughs> you're right. We we got lucky. We had a lot of great people involved, but it was to to when you when you have a limited budget. We we did have a limited budget, and I can't stress that enough. It was when you're doing a submarine film with all these great actors and, you know, you look at the sets and they look very real and they were real. I mean, we were shooting on a real submarine, but the fact of the matter is we were, we were in a position of having to engineer the film in a way that was affordable when the reality was we didn't have the budget of U571 or the budget of Crimson Tide. I mean, we, we, I I won't tell you what fraction of those budgets we had, but anyway, in, in the end, you know, it was a matter of, you know, Todd, you know, Todd and I started this film, you know, trying to figure out, okay, how can we uh, tell this story economically and, and shoot it in an effective way? And look, we had Ed Harris and David Duchovny and Bill Fickner and John Sheck and, you know, a whole cast of Sean Patrick Flannery and a yeah, whole cast. The cast is incredible. And Great you. Guys. Well, and me, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it was, uh, we were, we, we knew that these all these guys were dedicated to telling the story and to they knew that this was a, a gritty film to make. This was not, uh, you know, there, there was no luxury. And when you're banging your head on a submarine, you know, for 14 hours a day or what have you, it's uh, it's a tough it's a tough shoot, you know. And um, and you hear that from a lot of filmmakers, you know, that life's rough when you're shooting a movie, but <laughs> it's pretty good no matter how you cut it, I suppose. But um, we were lucky that we, you know, had a great group of people who were very, you know, dedicated to helping Todd get the story made, you know, and, and that, that goes from, you know, from end to end. And uh, so, you know, everyone was packed together in that submarine. It required, um, you know, people working, you know, as a team, as is always the case with any film. Um, I mean, you know, filmmaking is truly a team sport. If you're not part of the team, you're just, you're a problem. Right. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that is so well said. If you're not part of the team, you're part of the problem. I, I, I just wanted to emphasize what you had said. Absolutely. So forgive me for cutting you up. No, 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 not at all. But, you know, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're a filmmaker yourself, Rex. I mean, you know how it is to be on the set and you have, so, if, you know, you put your, put, you know, 60 some odd people uh, in a submarine right. and you know that's uh, <laughs> the test is you know how do you shoot this movie without you know without a mutiny happening I mean it was almost you know the uh, it was almost the, the reality of, of a task on board a submarine is you, you must work together and um, luckily when people got angry they were able to walk up up top and um, <laughs> and catch their breath but on a real submarine you don't have that luxury I guess <laughs> so well, I, I think that's why I'm so in awe, and I mentioned this, I, I don't know if we we, talk, we probably did the first time we ch- chatted on the air, but, you know, I spent an evening, uh, I spent, you know, like 12 hours on a submarine overnight with my son for kind of a sleepover yeah. thing inside a, a dry docked, well, it was a wet docked sub, I take that back. And um, and I, so I am completely in awe of of what you guys accomplished 
you know, there are no breakaway walls. You're in a real sub. It's not being, in, you're not in a soundstage with, you know, 40,000 square feet. You're in, in very tiny, you know, um, uh, enclosures. And and everywhere you turn, you know, is the potential for a, a you know, a cut forehead. I mean, it just truly is. That's right. You know, overcoming incredible odds. And, and so I, because of that experience, just sit here and go, I just I'm almost having trouble believing that you got it done, and and you did, and, and what you just said now, without a mutiny, you know, in in such confining situations, you know, with the with the schedule that you have to keep and everything else, I, I'm just very 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 impressive, and um, I think all filmmakers should take heed of that because it is impressive, and you worked under really difficult odds. Well, well, thanks, Rex. I mean, look, you know, the reality is that we're, you know, lucky as filmmakers to be making movies, and I think anyone, I think that's part of the thrill of it. It's so difficult to get any movie off the ground. I think that's why it's exciting in a way. Is you know, you, you know, each and every person on the film set enjoys the, the spark of of that excitement when you're actually executing a movie because they realize how hard it is to get there. You know, and so you know when you go and you read criticisms of any movie, and I've said this before, you know, you you'll you read reviews of a given movie, not necessarily fandom, but it could be any anything, any movie. But then you you know if if you've been on the other side and you've been there, seeing how hard all these people work and the people you know every crew member you know staying late and lugging cable and you know it's the the you know the heat of battle is, is tough when you're making a film and then you in the end when the reviews come out and you see little things picked apart and you know look i mean that's that's part of the process of being an artist you you have to risk putting your art out there in the world for people to see it so therefore you have to take the you have to take the licks that's part of the process but at the same time i mean i'm probably a pretty fair um you know, critic, because I, you know, I watch any movie, and I think even if I, even if I don't like it, and even if I'm not in love with whatever you know, given film may be, my hats off to any filmmaker for getting one made because it's so hard. You know, no matter if it's not, you know, brilliant. And then when you then you see, you know, a, a masterpiece. I mean, Chandler's List or whatever it may be, and you think, okay, that was incredibly hard to get, you know, to get to, made into to be such a masterpiece because you realize how how hard it is to get a terrible movie made. I mean, think about how hard it is to get a great movie made. So most Indeed. of us fall somewhere in between, I guess. You know. But, uh, what I appreciate about Phantom so much too is the judicious use of animation and CGI. Obviously, and I, I believe you said it uh, again. I don't know whether it was live or not, but you know this movie couldn't be made a few years ago. I went and saw, and this is changing the subject, but along those lines, I went and saw Man of Steel last night, and I enjoyed the movie. And and and, but I I am not. A huge fan of of the massive amount of CGI uh, that goes on in movies like that. It, to me, it just kind of goes over the top. And yeah. and yet, during the coming attractions, every there were four movies that they showed, and every single one of them was one of these major tentpole blockbuster stuff. There wasn't a single movie that they showed that was a small movie, a, a romance, a small action flick, a, a crime thriller, anything. It was just you know. Uh, Elysium, I mean, you know, you name it. And some of them look good, but it's just, it's just, right. it's just, it's like, wow. And yet Phantom, I mean, you use CGI in animation, but, but the story and it looks good and, and the CGI looks good. And I mean, you didn't have a place in your story for over the top animation, but, uh, and, well, and, well, and with right. respect, but we, yeah, go ahead. But, no, I was just going to say with respect but, to Man of Steel, I thought they just, they just direct one too many cars. Well, you know, the, the thing is, is that you know, CGI is a wonderful tool, and it is incredible in terms of the leaps and bounds where it is today. And honestly, it's you know, the future of filmmaking hinges a lot on that. I mean, I have to, you know, I have to say, you know, we were, you, you know, any given film. Let's, you know, Phantom is a good example because it kind of falls somewhere. It's a, it's a, it's really, you know, it's a thriller, but it's a, it's a story about men in a, in a you know, a metal boat who are battling is more about the wits and a little bit about, right. you know, the firepower. But, but the, yeah, CGI was part of the process. We had to, to, you know, to show a submarine moving, you know, hundreds of feet below the surface of the ocean, CGI must be there. So, 
but you're right. We didn't lean on it. It is not the it is not the driving force behind the film. It's part of the storytelling process. Now, you know, Todd said that from the very beginning. How do we, you know, in telling the story, we want we want to utilize that tool, but not rely on that tool completely. So, you know, you have to you have to um, find a balance in whatever movie you're making and. Certain movies that exist in that realm of the hundreds of millions of dollars that have, you know, an endless number of CGI shots. Well, that's a, you know, that's its own world, honestly. And it's so still, even with advances in technology that are that are at the hand of independent filmmakers, you know, doing CGI, doing, you know, green screen work, what have you. There, you know, those tools are there for the independent filmmaker. But the reality is that when you get into that realm, when you're watching Man of Steel, when you're watching these giant movies that have, you know, hundreds of or, you know, thousands of, you know, CGI images in them, you know, that's, you, you honestly, you can't compete with that unless you're no. in that realm. Right. So, therefore, if you're, if, you, if you're doing an independent film that has a modest budget and you say, okay, this is going to be a big, you know, CGI film, well, you're already outgunned and outmanned and outarmed. I mean, you, you, you cannot fight that battle and win because you don't have the, you know, you don't have the, the arsenal at your, you know, at your disposal to do that. So I think, you know, obviously as an independent filmmaker doing a medium, small, or whatever, modest-sized film, you know, you have to utilize the tools of CGI to help you tell your story, but you know, you know, maybe one day independent filmmakers will be able to compete, and I believe that day, you know, is those two paths are getting closer together. But we're not, you know, we're not at the point where you can really go up against a Man of Steel. Just it's just too the the amount of uh, you know access they have and the machine they have to create, you know, CGI shots of a certain level. You just can't compete with that. It's just too hard, and therefore, you've got to tell a different kind of story and, and utilize different tools to tell it. Oh, very cool. Very, very, very well, very well put. I wanted to point out, too, that you play the role of, is it Bavanad? Is that how you say the name? The navigator? Bavanad. That Bavan, Bavanad. Bavanad. Yeah. The navigator. And, uh, and I point that out so that people who have seen the film or who get the, the DVD or watch it on Netflix or video on demand uh, coming up. Um, so that that they will recognize who, who you are. And what was it like? And I, I you know, working with uh, actors like Ed Harris and Duchovny and Fitchner and 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 the rest. I mean, um, I would well, I would was, be yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, look, I mean, these guys are the best in the world. I was very, you know, I was very lucky. Uh, I have been and am very lucky to have a chance to do something like that. And look, I love acting, and it's a it's a wonderful part of the filmmaking process. And you know, I'm. Um, you know, no matter sort of where you go uh, in the filmmaking world, you, you know, you clearly recognize moments when you, you know, when you get to work with Ed Harris and you get to work with David Duchovny and the, and Bill Thickner and the whole cast of guys. They were all not only do they work incredibly hard, but they inspire you and they and they fuel, you know, um, they fuel your own process and your own um, your acting ability. Honestly, they make you better. Those guys make you look better. And um, so you know to, and, and they you know they they foster you know positive um, you know uh, energy and everything in in the room. And, you know we were packed into a tiny little submarine, and you know I was uh, look. I mean my part in the film is 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 um, important. It's not the biggest role, but it's an it's an, uh, an important one. And and so I I love doing it. I mean I felt very fortunate to be there and working with Todd and. And being able to be a part of Todd's process with these other actors, and to see how he, you know, interacted with Ed and spoke to Ed and helped him, you know, uh, find the arc of of his character, and the same with with you know, David Duchovny. I mean, these guys are pros, and they're you can see, um, you know, the the levels, uh, you know, uh, the the nuances of what they do and how how well they've honed their you know given crafts I mean, craft i mean they they you know in Fickner, i mean these guys are the best and um you know so i i felt very fortunate i mean i you know there's some people who are i would you know i would say there's some people who maybe they don't recognize when they're in a moment that's 
important and you know maybe it's not important in the global sense of uh of, you know the history of the world but you know what in the sense of acting and the sense of my own you know life as an actor and a filmmaker and um is very important and i am very influential i mean i was you know i i was uh, soaked up every second of it and i was lucky to be um to be there and i felt uh and i felt like you know it was you know, completely enjoyable in those moments to be acting with those guys. And, um, you know, I, heck, <laughs> you know, I, I hope everybody gets the chance to do that one day, you know, anybody in the acting oh, world, you know. That's so cool. Is, is there anything that you took away from working with them or watching them work that as an actor that, that you could apply to yourself or share with other people? I, Sometimes you know you watch somebody in their process and you go, "Wow, this is fascinating." And sometimes it's it's hard to to put into words. So, well, I would say you know the the ability of guy of these guys. When I mean, you watch Ed and David and Bill in the film, you know they all they have you know they have complex characters who have a lot of dialogue who have you know their own given arc through the story. Well, shooting the film, you know, when we're on the con. I mean, the you know the the command center of the submarine, we had to shoot, you would shoot out a given section of the sub. Well, the fact of the matter is the arc of each character, you know, when you hit, uh, when you're in that location, you're going to shoot scenes that, that take place across the whole, you know, course of the film. So to watch these guys control the arc of their characters, to, to watch Ed and how he was able to manage his energy and where his, you know, this captain who was battling these guys in the submarine, because obviously, you know, he starts out, you know, interacting with his own men. He's part of a crew, and then all of a sudden you realize the tension, the stress, the, you know, then the overthrow of the submarine, everything that's going on on the submarine. But he had to jump from point to point. And obviously this is something that all actors have to do when they're shooting over the course of a, of a given storyline. But the the ability of these guys to do that and to watch David and how he tracked every bit of his clothing and exactly what he was doing and how he revealed himself, you know, as the story went on. And the same with Bill. I mean, the, these guys had very complex stories. They had to, you know, to peel the layers off as they went. And um, John Sheck, I mean, the same way. These guys were amazing at that. And that was what you realize is you're watching these guys who've been starred in a lot of films, which means, you know, if you're an actor in a given film, you go and you shoot for three days. That's one thing. But if you're a guy who's, you know, who's one of the leads in a film, um, you know, and I was lucky enough to, you know, I've been there myself, and that, you know, you feel you're on obviously the last Confederate, and so you, you know, you feel very fortunate to be in that position. But what you also realize is that that's a complex arc to control. You have to make sure that if you're jumping from scene 57 to scene, you know, 209. Well, you have to know where your, where your character is, and you know you have to know exactly, you know, emotionally and physically what he's, you know, the arc of where he's, you know, starts and where he ends. And so I just think controlling that and being able to um, chart that course as an actor and to deliver that performance—that's where you realize these guys who've done a lot of films and have that great experience and who are that talented. You watch them travel through, you know, the, the storyline, but they're jumping from point to point. They're popping out at given points, delivering their performance, and that that to me to be so good at that that shows you, you know, just how talented these guys are. It shows you, yeah, I agree. It shows you what comes from, you know, dedication and being a professional and years of experience at doing it. I mean, that, that's a, a well summed up. Uh, it, uh, let me look at the time here. I'm going to have to take a, a break, so let me do that, and then I'll come back. And I just want to also give a shout out to John Watson. He's the he's the one person who I kind of have uh, frequently left out of all of this. You know, Penn will mention him, and you mentioned him, Tyra, and I and I keep forgetting about John Watson. I want to say, you know, uh, a shout to John <laughs> as yeah. being on on the project. Um, so let me take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official URL is r e x s i k e s dot com. Go and listen to all of the recorded shows there. There's over 400 hours of professional filmmakers sharing their expertise. Please do share these interviews. Please leave comments at the player live or archived. Uh, you can leave uh, comments whenever you listen. And please do uh, spread the word. It helps us with others. This is the last show for a while. I'm actually going to be on hiatus. I'm going to be in Los Angeles for uh, about a month. I'm happy to meet up with people and uh, I'm on business and I look forward to that. Uh, I'm excited to be there. Uh, but uh, look at Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook for upcoming announcements regarding the show and or Twitter, Rex Sykes Movie BT on Twitter. 
and uh, and then we'll, we can uh, let you know when the next guest is coming up. I know there are people who are resuming again in July. If if we should do any shows from Los Angeles, we'll let you know that as too. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for those who are in the chat room live with us right now. All right, we're back with uh, Julian Adams. I just want to remind you that the website is solarfilmworks.com, solarfilmworks.com, also on on Facebook, and Penn Dentrum's on Facebook, and Todd Robinson is on Facebook, and phantomthefilm.com is uh, the official web address there. Go check it out. It is being released on DVD, uh, coming out on Netflix, Blu-ray, on the 25th of June. Do yourself a favor, get the movie, watch it, study it, enjoy it, because I know you will. Julian. Yes, sir. <laughs> let me say let me say this you are uh, very smart uh, you did last you you wrote with your dad your father you wrote the last confederate you star in the last confederate you've got name talent in the last confederate you you made an incredible uh movie again on a small budget uh, about the civil war uh complete with battle scenes and, and complete you know dress and 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 uh, and and weaponry and the whole thing and then you uh, uh, partner up with Todd, who you know has written and, and and directing the Phantom, and so you're in Phantom, and you're connected with Penn. Uh, you you are a smart business guy. I got I got to hand it to you. I mean, you're you're doing what you love. You're making things happen. You're you're producing movies. You've written movies. You're acting in movies. Uh, you're wearing a lot of hats. How do you do it? Uh, well, you're very kind, Rex. I mean, look, the, the reality is, I you know I I love filmmaking. You know, and I, I love what I, I love being a part of the process in whatever way I can. But, you know, the reality is, I don't, I don't know how smart I am. I think I'm probably equally as stupid as I am smart because to be <laughs> to go to the jump into you know into this whole system and this world is, you know, it's, it's tough. And any filmmaker, anyone out there who is acting or in this process at all, they know how hard it is. And I don't have to tell them that. And, I don't, and I'm not telling them something you know that they don't already know. In that, in they're you know, fully aware of the. You know, everyone in this business is fully aware of the fact that it is unpredictable, and it's um, it's often um, you know uh, you know it's it's the kind of thing where you your passion for it is so great that I think it overrides often your best judgment sometimes. So, look, I mean, I've been lucky. I've tried to work with good people. I mean, honestly, my 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 best decisions are really you know deciding with whom you're working. I mean, meeting someone and saying, okay, can I trust this person? Do I believe in their vision, the the stories they're telling, type, you know, those, those, uh, that's how you need to chart your own course and base your decisions on the people with whom you work, because the reality is you can't do it by yourself, so there's no sense in, you know, trying to kind of go out and, you know, and stake a claim alone. It's not going to work. I mean, it's a, it's a team uh, effort in every sense of the word. I mean, from the, you know, you know, your genesis of a story to the distribution of it, you have to work with other people. And look, I, I may not be the best at that. I try to pick people, you know, that I believe are, are honest and good, and you know, and want to, you know, and, that, and that's not always been the case. I mean, I've, I've come across plenty of people who haven't been, and I've stepped in some deep potholes. But, um, but you know, that's you try to partner up with people who are, you know, working in an effective way and are and are. Um, Telling you know stories that are worth telling because it's so difficult you know getting a film made um, you know and Todd and I have had a lot of discussions about this you know you go and you decide okay if you're going to execute a given project well like the last full measure of this film that we have coming up it's worth telling and we know it because it's a story about a, a man who gave his life to save others and it's, it's the true you know heart of um, it's a military story about an American named William Pitsenbarger who died in Vietnam, and it took 34 years for the men he saved and his father to get him the Medal of Honor. And that's a story worth telling. So you have to ask yourself when you're, when you're jumping into a project, okay, I'm going to spend years of my life on this. I mean, if you're a producer, if you're an actor, right. maybe you spend a little less time. If you're a writer, director, producer, what have you, you're in it for a long time. And so your, your life is only a given length. I mean, you can only do so many films. So you have to ask yourself, is this one worth, you know, a, a percentage of my life? I'm going to spend X amount of years on it. So, you know, you, you have to be a good steward of your own uh, decisions and what films you're going to be a part of. 
What, yeah, and and what what also I like is that, that I mean you're in it you're in the business of it. I mean there are a lot of people out there, you know they may be listeners and they're and they're making movies and they're hoping that they get done, you know. But but I I, I encounter numerous people who just say you know I'm going to do this movie and you go where is it going to show, you know? And I go oh, I don't know I'm just making the movie. You know I I mean I I don't want to. Yeah belittle anything but i mean you you you've you've got a plan and you got to work a plan and and i think what you said about working with the right people and and being committed to a project knowing that it's going to take years um is is like anything and any other business you know if if i were going to open a restaurant tomorrow or i were going to try and build a manufacturing plant or or uh open a, a used car lot uh you know i got to kind of know where i'm ending up and what the road takes it's not it's not just enough to you know, to be—I can't be an artist in that regard. I have to be the business person. Well, that's right. Because the reality is that your—you know—your life as a filmmaker depends, in a great way, um, upon people seeing your films, so you can stay in the business. You know, and right. you know, I've, I've had these—you know—I'm sure you've—you've you've had these conversations before. You know, it's—it's a—you know—I I was sitting with someone, in a, you know, a group of people, and someone mentioned the fact that they had gotten all these free movies from a friend who had bootlegged them. And so I sort of oh, stopped yeah, right. and I said, you realize that that is going to kill the actual, you bootlegging films, it will be the death of films because you're cutting off the supply line to the people who are making films. So basically what you're saying to the world is, you know, I'm willing to steal these films because I won't pay $4 to buy a DVD or $12 or 25 whatever it may be. But the reality is that, I mean, would you go to the grocery store and demand that you get your groceries for free? No, because you'd, you're ultimately, you know, the food company and the grocery store would go out of business if they gave it all away. So films are, you know, the the process is the same in the music industry. They're fighting that battle now where, you know, people want to download free music. Well, then how are the musicians supposed to make music if you can't pay them to do it? <laughs> you know, in the end, it, it is um, if the economics of it are choked off, then you know you 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 ultimately uh, you will kill uh, the tree that is supplying the fruit. So you know I have to look at it and think, okay, well then, you know, get back to the, the economics of it. And I don't want to purely boil it down to an, you know just an economical thing, but the reality is that you have to make it a viable thing, and that's a hard thing to do. I mean, I haven't figured it out perfectly. Obviously, I'm you know I'm working my way through each film and figuring out how's this film going to be seen. Who's going to buy it? Where's it going to go? How, you know, the distribution of a film is incredibly complex, and it's you know, it's a, those are shark-infested waters. I mean, you have to, you know, you have to try to figure out. Okay, in you know, Todd Robinson and I have this discussion every day about you know the films we're developing and and you know moving along. Okay, what are our avenues for this film? Who will see this? Where will it go? And you try to then do your best to, you know, shepherd that film down some path where it will be seen. Because you want to get to your next film, you know you want to you want to try to build a system where films are being seen, so that you then you know feed the engine that's moving it down down the track. I mean, I think that you know you, you have to address those things. It's not an exact science, and you 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 can't you know purely look at it in a vacuum because there are too many factors that come into play. I mean, whatever's in the zeitgeist, whatever's hip, whatever's working in a given decade. You know, changes. I mean, what was working ten years ago won't be working in another ten years. Vampire movies. I don't know how long that's going to last. But you know, you can't you can't chase the uh, you can't sort of chase the trends. I mean, being behind a trend is, is does nothing for you. And whether or not you are a trend maker is not the issue. You have to tell stories you believe in, and whatever they may be, small or large. Try to get them made and to get them made effectively and economically and get them into the marketplace so that people will see them. And look, it's often it may not work. You know, they're the biggest filmmakers out there in the world have films that don't do well. And, they, you know, the marketing is not an exact science. They, they can't figure, you know, they, they can't tell you. They can guess and market, you know, the marketing analysis, analyses done on given, you know, uh, you know, films in history and, you know they they do the best they can. They're very good at it, but um, it's not an exact science. I mean, there are plenty of films they believe should do well, and then they don't. And then there are films that, that you know they don't believe will hit. And you know, look at the Twilight Saga. That whole you know 
I don't think they believed in that. You know, studios didn't want that project when it first came to to them. But then, obviously, in the end, that was incredibly viable and changed the the you know the whole uh, nature of of you know vampire filmmaking. You know. Yeah, that's a. An interesting, an interesting. Uh, I mean, a whole sort of different uh, conversations we could have regarding this because um, one of the things that occurs to me is that the industry is changing so much. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, if you think back, you know, pre-videotape. Uh, you know, you were you were subject to see movies when they were re-released in theaters or when they came around on television. They came around in repeats, and the money that was controlled, and you know, and the the distribution, the the exhibition of these were all very tightly controlled. And then, you know, video came along, and for the first time, you could actually videotape a television show, or you could buy a videotape. You could now own something, and now it's gone to you know DVD and and Blu-ray and video on demand. Um, but the money has been completely like left behind for many people because of piracy. Um, I'm, I'm working right now on a project with somebody who had one of the top grossing like B movies of the 70s. I mean, literally a huge movie um, and has been dealing with piracy issues with this movie ever since. And, and almost every time we talk, he's, he's still going, you know, stupid piracy if I could just, you know, didn't have to deal with it. Um, so it's sad. And, and for filmmakers today... Uh, there's no money in it unless you follow, and even then it can be hard to get the money in it. But I mean, unless you follow uh, some of the formula that you talked about, you know, in other words, you got to get your movie seen, you got to get it out there, you got to have the right kind of talent. And the only way you get the right kind of talent is if you have a really great project, meaning uh, if it's really well written. I mean, you got people on Phantom and you got people on Last Confederate because the projects were well written and, and actors. You know, want to do it in the the last full measure. You've got Morgan Freeman. I mean, apparently, you've got Morgan Freeman and Lawrence Fishburne and Robert Duvall and David Duchovny and Gipsy. I mean, these are no these aren't schleps. You're getting, you know, you're getting great talent. And yeah. and I I had somebody this past year who said, well, would you would would I tap my friends to be in their in this person's project? And I and I had to look at them and go, you're asking me to tell friends that they should do your project, and you aren't going to pay them anything close to what they deserve. Uh, you're just trying right. to get me to cash in on being a friend. And, and uh, Todd and I think we had this discussion or Penn and I, you know, about, you know, friends are going to, I mean, there's still business considerations, you know, friends, friends, you know, if you've got a fantastic script, that's the first thing that, that, uh, you know, people are probably going to look at then who's making it, who else is involved in it, you know, these kinds of, Considerations, uh, and and having said that, um, I've had a guest who's had a, a, a friend of mine who's had Academy Award-winning talent in his movies, who then went out and did a student film where the whole budget was less than ten grand, because he yeah. loved the idea of the project, so he was willing to work for a whole lot less. But uh, being a storyteller as you are, and an actor and a producer, uh, it really does boil down to what do you have, right, story-wise. Well, and the thing is, I mean, you're right. Obviously, you know, any film, and I, you know, I know I, I sort of went off on a on a long tangent about, you know, sort of a, a little bit of the business side of things. But the reality well, is that look, we want to, we want to make films, we want to tell these stories, and and you know, and people are willing to they're willing to take a lot to get a story told and made, and they're willing to sacrifice a great deal because you know you get great actors in smaller films because they love them and they in the end they're artists and they want to tell the story and they want to be a part of it. So they're willing to make a sacrifice for the director or producer or themselves or just the sake of the story, whatever it may be. But, you know, the writing is the most important thing in the beginning of a film. And in the end, you know, uh, you know, uh, Todd and I talk about this all the time. His films are, you know, wonderfully written. I was lucky enough to write the last Confederate with my father and had a, you know, that was, uh, you know, a project of passion and you, you, but in the you know in the beginning stages you have to have a good piece of material that touches you know uh, these you know actors in a given way. So you know when Todd was working to uh, to get Ed Harris to do Phantom, 
you know, he worked a long time with him and talking to Ed and discussing the story with him and what the project was about. And so it took, you know, Ed made sacrifices and came and did this film with, you know, um, you know, a few luxuries um, because he believed in it and believed in what Todd was looking to do with it. And so, you know, in the beginning, you, you're right. You have to have a good piece of material, and then you put the pieces together. It's about, you know, you know, the last full measure is, you know, um, is a film that is, is about something that, uh, you know, a story that we all believe should be told. So, you know, John Watson and Penn Densham, you know, they're, you know, they brought Morgan Freeman on. They'd worked with him on Robin Hood and um, Marl Flanders, and they brought him on and, you know, shared the project with him, and he agreed to do it. And so then it began there, and then Todd, you know, began to discuss it with his other friends, and then, you know, Andy Garcia and Lawrence Fishburne and, you know, then Robert Duvall and, you know, and then obviously Todd's relationship with Ed and, and David Duchovny, and we all obviously made a film with them, so they've now come on board. And so it begins to build momentum, and, you know, it, but it, it begins with uh, the writing of a good story and the telling of a good story and one, you know, a, um, about which people are willing to uh, sacrifice their time and energy and, and you know they're willing to come on board, but you're right. You have to pay people, and you have to, you know, it's uh, people do this for a living and do this, you know, professionally, and and you know they need to be paid because um, whether or not something is artistic doesn't mean that people shouldn't be uh, paid for it. I mean, people should be right. paid, and artists are not paid enough in this world, and this is a crime that goes on, you know, uh, across every artistic. You know, medium, and I think it's um, it's something that um, needs to change. I mean, people are, you know, they the people put their lives on the line for this stuff, and they do they put their entire lives into these things, and so therefore, musicians who are, you know, their music is being stolen, and you know, movie makers and movies are being bootlegged. Well, this is your life; these are people's lives. I mean, you can't expect them, you know, when people say, oh, well, yeah, I got that movie, a buddy of mine, you know, boot, got a bootleg copy, and I watched it. Well. Well, then, I mean, do you go to the grocery store? Do you go to a car dealership and say, hand over a car because I really like it and I want that car? Well, no, you have to pay for it. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, that's simple, you know, life. I don't know how people can even, you know, make an argument against that. You can't just take stuff from people. That is, you know, <laughs> that is actually a criminal activity, you know. <laughs> I mean, so, yep. you know, I, I draw a hard line on that. I don't have any sympathy for people who, you know, try to boost music and movies from people. Well, it's you know it's it's also a, sadly it's a product of our time. I mean, it's it's one of those things that you know there was a time when the internet was free, and it I mean it'd be always had to access it, but but everything on it was free. There, there weren't ads, there weren't corporations, there were, you know it was just talk groups and and news groups and things like that. And I remember you know in the '90s when people were horribly trying to say keep this free, don't allow commercialism on here, you know it's going to ruin it. And um, and so there's this mindset about how information should be free. I've been in, I've put out information all my life in, in terms of teaching and, and different things as well, and film and stuff, and um, and have constantly been ripped off and and you know big and small. And people just look and go, well, it's information. It should should be you should just give it to the masses. You know, I mean that's how we evolve. And I, there's, it's it's sadly, you know, people don't think. You know what? I'm committing a crime here. I am. I am actually taking the money out of this guy's pocket, where he may be able to feed his children, so that I can enjoy the entertainment or the book or the novel or the DVD or the music at no cost, because it should right. be free. And obviously, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be. It, it it takes money to make money. It takes money to produce all these things. You know, it, there should be there should be some some payment in return. But but well, I, I look. You're right. I mean, it's just a simple, you know. Um, look, this isn't economic, uh, a point of economics, but it is. Um, it also is a point of, um, you know, simple. Um, I would say ethics. You know, and and I agree. what you know. So anyway, I, I look. I agree with you. I mean, I, I think that. Um, mm-hmm. And I see how people, how hard people work. I mean, I see, you know, you see right. people on the movie set, and, and from end to end, how hard they work to get these things done. How hard the actors work. How hard the gaffers, the grips, the you know, right. electricians. You know, everybody on that set is working very hard. So therefore, you have to pay them. You know, and right. and rightfully so, you have to pay them. So in the end, right. if the product that they're all making is stolen, 
<laughs> well, you know, how can that system continue? Well, well, obviously it can't. I mean, if if movies were purely given away, you know, on the internet and be able to just stream them and take them, well, then in the end the system would break down. I mean, it, it couldn't continue. But you know, let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, why let's, I, let's, you know. Well, yeah, yeah and. and no, I mean, I, I think it's it's a fair point, and I think you know, especially if you look at the launch for the DVD and and stuff, uh, you know, uh, have you encountered the, the bootlegs of the movie already? You know, from people no, with, with, the last with the last Confederate, I have not yet on Phantom, and I hope that uh, I hope that Phantom, you know, is not. But I mean, you know, I was lucky. The last Confederate has had a you know nice release, and it went out. Um, you know, obviously, you know, on DVD and, you know, but, you know, look, the distribution of it got complicated because Think Film was was purchased by another company that turned out to, you know, uh, savage every filmmaker who was involved with the fault of, of the original founders of Think Film. But, I mean, these things are complicated. So, the last Confederate, I was lucky it's gotten out there in the world. But, you know, th- filmmakers, you know, they find distributors and they get their films into the system but often they don't see the money because you know you know you can't always trust the people you're turning your film right. over to. But you know I you know the bootlegging thing. Yes, I've experienced that. You know I looked on eBay and there were bootleg yeah. copies of The Last Confederate. You know being sold in China and they had Brad Pitt on the cover and stuff. It was insane. Oh, well. <laughs> you know? So you know that's how it works. I mean these people you know uh, they, they you know that so that happens with every film. But in the end you know. Um, you know, you do your best to make good products, and you do your best to get them, you know, to tell good stories and heartfelt stories. And you, you know, and it's, uh, you know, it's it's a. Uh, you look at artist creations across the globe. I mean, whether it's, um, I watched a YouTube video the other night of this uh, portrait artist in India who's doing these incredible, you know, portraits. And you, so the access to this information about how, how these artists create their, you know, their art across the world. I mean, you can see it all. You can watch it happen. And whether it's a painter doing a given painting, that is a you know that is a, a single you know single person executing a particular kind of art. Filmmaking is different because it's so complex. You have hundreds of people doing layering a different you know uh, canvas with all all of their you know pieces and parts. So it's not a singular sort of thing. You have to um, you know there's a difference between you know uh, a tennis match and a football game. You know, one is a singular thing that you know goes on between two two uh, athletes, and the other is a team sport. Well, filmmaking is a team sport. You have to, and you have to uh, uh, play it that way. You know, and you have to work with people to try to uh, to execute your films. You know. You know, uh, we just got a comment in the chat room, and uh, I, I think it's uh, again, it's aptly put. They said that most of the people who bootleg films think they're stealing from the Fat Cat Studios and Millionaire Actors, and they actually have no idea how the industry works. And I think uh, that that is, is is very true. And and I'm glad that you said that, Mel, in the chat room. Um, yeah, it's sad. I mean, the the way that you have laid it out, um, you know, in in terms of 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 this and and in how, you know. Well, let's take it another step. Let me let me say it this way: um, You made Last Confederate, and you met Todd at a film festival, and somehow you guys got connected up, and um, and uh, and you started working together. You've been doing music videos and 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 some other things, and and then you know now a few years later you produced Phantom, and now you're working on another movie. I mean, I think people think. I mean, other than the director of District Nine. I, I, there aren't many people who catapult to overnight success, and I, and I can't say that the, the person did either. But, but um, you know, it's it's a it's a road that is that you make yourself, you know, and you meet other people along the line, and you intersect with them, and you build a career. And actors, if people would go back and look at what we think of as meteor meteoric overnight successes, um, there are so few, except with maybe somebody who's five or seven or nine years old. Um, you go back and you yep. look at the, the ten years of credits that they've got before you even became conscious of who they are. Well, that's right, and that's the reality of it. I, I don't know if they're already overnight successes. I've never met anyone who's had an overnight <laughs> success, but because the, the reality is that they've been behind the scenes grinding it out for a decade or better. You know, that's exactly. the reality of it. I don't think 
maybe there are people out there who just, you know, they go in there in a movie and then two weeks later they're world famous. I don't know, but I've never met one. And I feel like I, everybody I know in the film business, they're working incredibly hard, you know, for endless hours to, you know, get one millimeter up the hill. You know, it's a, it's, um, you know, so I, I, that it's a lot of hard work and I don't, you know, I think you're right. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a difficult process. It's very hard to get a film made and, um, you know, even just to be in a film. I mean, ask any actor out there who's you know, oh, geez, fighting yeah. tooth and nail for two lines in a movie. That's a that's a tough world. I you know, I'm there. I do it every day. You know, it's not. It's um, yeah. it takes a lot of hard work. You know. I I I liken it to the serfdom, which is now you know America. You know, there's the castle, there's the haves, there's the rich, and then there's the peons working out on the, you know, in the castle yard, shoveling the cow poop and the horse dung, and you know, and the whole thing. Um, it, it, the film industry, in some ways, to me, is appropriate <laughs> when I think about it. That there are those that are inside; they've been inside. Some of them have been inside forever. And the way you get into the castle is to do something of merit, where the people in the castle go, "Oh wow, this person will add value to our castle. They will make us more money. We will be richer. Let's get them out of the field and and get them in the castle." It's all based on on proving yourself. It's 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 not. They don't do it because you don't you don't come in because they like you. You don't come in because you're really somebody's kid. You know, I mean, nepotism may get you in some doors but it doesn't it doesn't do much if you can't if you don't actually you know have the chops behind it um it's a meritocracy it truly is based on you working your way up a system and into the system and if you're lucky enough maybe you become a top player but that's but 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 somewhere you know other than that yeah. you you people forge a life that they're happy with that they're thrilled that they can create art and do that against incredible odds that's very true. I mean, what you just said is very true. I mean, you, you know, the um, because it, it, the process of getting to a point where you're sustaining a living and doing, you know, you, executing whatever part of the business you're in, you know, whether you're a producer or an actor or writer or director um, or any part of it. I mean, if you're a gaffer or a grip, um, you know, to sustain a living and to sustain, you know, uh, your own life in the film business, and to do it in a constant way is very difficult. Whether or not you're at the top of the heap and you're, you know, you're sitting on the battlements of the castle and you're enjoying a good life, I, it's still, I think, it's to maintain that is uh, is difficult. And you know, these yeah. guys who, uh, you know, the, the people who, you know, are um, at the top of the mountain, it's tough to stay there. I think, but um, everybody want everybody in the film business wants to get there. You know. Well, it's, it's you know, <laughs> so true. I, I, but I, I, it's an interesting thing. I mean, be, between going back and forth between L.A. and the Midwest, be, between working with and on professional productions and then being with the grassroots filmmakers, there's an, there's a, what I find is this. The grassroots filmmakers, there's there's a huge hatred of Hollywood. Like, we're going to take it. We're by storm. We don't care. They, you know. And the way I think about it be, with my intersection in this world is, Hollywood doesn't even know they exist. It's not because they're mean or nasty or don't, you know, they just don't care. It's it's kind of like in Phantom, there's a radar screen, and if something isn't on the radar, you don't know that it's there if, if radar's not yeah. picking it up. But when the signal value is high enough, then they, you can see it on the screen. You go, oh, my God, there's something here we need to pay attention to. And Hollywood is the same way. They're so busy doing what they do and trying to – everybody trying to keep their jobs and, and, and keep their money and keep their system and not not give in to changing and, and how the world changes and evolve and all that kind of stuff, that unless you create something with a high signal value and or off – I mean, I keep telling people the only thing that, that – I mean, not – withstanding talent but the reason why brad pitt is where brad pitt is is because he can sell soap he can get butts in movie theaters because yeah. people want to pay to see him and they want to pay to you know him to sell the next cologne and unless yeah. you can do that nobody cares that's what that to me stardom is about being a spokesperson for some product more than anything else and that product happens to be the movie you're in as much yeah. as it is yeah you know so, well, then that's the thing is that you know you wonder how great musicians or great you know actors or whatever you know if you see someone in something or you're like well how do I not know this person well because you know who knows I mean there are a thousand reasons that they may not get into the zeitgeist uh, you know I don't know right. I can't tell you why there are you know incredibly talented musicians 
um, uh, you know, we've never heard about, you know, or actors or uh, whatever. Right. You know, uh, you know, you can look on YouTube and you can see some short film and you think, well, that's incredible. How has you know how has this not been seen? Well, it's all about you know getting getting something seen and into the world and into the you know the common discussion is not an easy thing, and a lot of that requires. Timing, money, um, what's popular, what you know, a, you never know what the cause may be. But um, and you know what, it's not um, it's not a clear and concise you know path to you know from one to the other. It's a it's a you know foggy, murky road. You know, so um, if you happen to you know find yourself in uh, in a film or in you know in a you know in a the part of a production that um, begins to get attention or gets out there into the discussion, then, you know, it, it may keep you there and it may propel things forward for you, but it may not. There are people who win Oscars, you know, who disappear. I mean, it's, you never Absolutely. know. You know, you never know. Absolutely. You have to keep, you have to keep doing what you do and, and try to, uh, to execute things well and, and to, um, you know, to be a positive force in the whole process. You know, I've really enjoyed this. We're, we're out of time. This is a short show today. It's my fault. Um, I, I have uh, commitments, and I'm letting listeners know. But um, this has been absolutely fascinating. I think it's also very important for people to hear, uh, you know, the, the realities of the business and the realities sometimes are hard, and people don't want to hear them or face them. And it shouldn't stop you or prevent you, you know, from ever doing right. anything. Um, you're making it happen, and you know. You, again, you started with Last Confederate. I want, obviously, you're going to come back. We're going to talk more about uh, Last Confederate and, and the Phantom and, and and movie making and everything. But but you know, you're making it happen, and 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 you do, you you're doing it. You know, by you you wrote and acted and got a movie made in yourself by yourself, and you teamed up with people, and you're making more movies. And I mean, I, again, kudos to you, and and thanks for sharing all of this. Thanks, I want to give you the last. Thank you very much. Oh, you. You bet, Julian. I want to give you the last couple of minutes to say anything that you'd like to say, but I want to remind people it's phantomthefilm.com, and it comes out the 25th of June on DVD, Blu-ray, uh, coming out on Netflix, and also video on demand. I, but there are different release schedules for when it's going to be on you know, network or, or what, cable television or whatever, but, but they can get the DVD and Blu-ray and Netflix, right, the 25th of June? That's right. That's right. So the 25th of June comes out, VOD, Netflix, uh, DVD, Blu-ray, and all that. And then following that, it'll obviously hit television, and um, you know that'll that'll be in the, the months following. So just keep right. your eyes peeled. You'll you'll see it. Um, you'll see it out there. iTunes. Uh, you can pre-order it now on iTunes and on Amazon. Um, so if you if you go to um, solarfilmworks.com or you go just go to Amazon and and look for it or uh, Netflix or what have you, you can um, you'll see it'll be available. Um, you pre-order or be available in uh, about a week. So um, look at the film. I, you know this film, as you were saying. You know people have a perception of how films are made and released, and that they have sort of the the packaging of a of a big studio film. Then people view them in one way. Well, the reality is that you know Phantom was born out of a you know a, a, a process of small filmmakers. Wanted to tell a good story. We were lucky enough to get, you know, get this film off the ground and to and have these great actors in it. And a lot of people worked very hard, uh, you know, putting the film together. And um, so I hope people will see it. It's great. I mean, look, Ed Harris is in it. He's incredible. David Duchovny, Bill Fickner, um, you know, Jonathan Sheck. I mean, all these guys do an incredible job. I mean, it's definitely, you won't be disappointed when you see it. Um, and I, I think I like if you it. like, you know, if you like a drama, you like a thriller, you like a tough submarine movie, then then you'll enjoy it, I think. That is awesome. I really appreciate uh, uh, you being here. I do hope people get it. They can, again, at solarfilmworks.com is your website. They can find Solar uh, Filmworks on, on Facebook. As They can find uh, uh, Pendentium. They can find uh, Todd Robinson and Jonathan Shake, I know, is on, uh, on Facebook. There is uh, Phantom the Film or Phantom the Movie on Facebook, so go check that out. Be sure that you do. Uh, if you're a movie fan and a moviegoer, you're going to love the movie, I promise you. Julian, thank you so much. I'll talk to you in a few minutes. I'm going to give you a call back and uh, as, I, Thanks, as I head out of here. Thank you very kindly. Uh, a great chat, and I appreciate it immensely. And then we'll let listeners know when you're coming back, too. And also, for great, all the listeners you. out there, uh, 
before you go, <laughs> I just want to say, Pendentium has been on the show a number of times, and we've discussed Phantom as well as as well as book writing. The Alligator Todd has been on a number of times. So go and listen uh, to the uh, different uh, shows that we have about the Phantom. You get a, kind of a, a more 360-degree viewpoint from listening to all these different people. I also am hoping to have others from cast and crew on the show uh, so we can continue this exploration of of that movie and the movie-making process and what you guys have done. So uh, thank you very much, Julian. Thank you, Rex, very much. All right. I'll talk to you in a few moments. That was okay. Mr. J- Julian Adams. Fascinating. I really enjoyed this conversation. I, I think it's one that we need to have, the realities of the film business and, and how you forge a career and how you can make things happen for yourself against what may seem to be insurmountable odds at times. But just keep plugging away and make the movie happen and make your projects happen and make your dreams come true. Um, I am back in Los Angeles uh, tomorrow and uh, for about a month, and I'm uh, happy to meet up with uh, friends and business uh, acquaintances and uh, and new friends and, and all that. So Facebook me and let me know where you are or Twitter or something like that. And uh, if it works out, I'd be happy to say hello. I want to thank everybody who supports the show by tweeting about it and Facebooking, Google Plusing, and, and whatever you do, how you share it with your favorite social means, both before the show airs. Whenever you tweet about my upcoming guests, that lets people know that they can listen in live. Uh, when you tweet after the show, it lets people know they can listen archived. Both of those are extremely valuable things to do. When you leave comments, it increases our, our visibility on the Internet. Whenever you rate and review the podcast at iTunes, because they're available there, Whenever you leave comments at the player, it uh, it it you know it it gets out there in the search engines, and uh, the more that we're in the search engines, the more other filmmakers who like yourself are are in the trenches every day can find out and listen to and benefit from the expertise that is shared by my guests. So please leave comments. Please do continue to tweet and Facebook it and Google Plus it and all that kind of stuff. Share it near and far. I appreciate it. I love you. Thank you for the love. Stay t- in touch by Facebook. Uh, friends, my friends page is Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends is where I put all of the upcoming guests and or past guests it's all, and announcements. Also on Twitter, Rex Sykes Movie BT on Twitter, Rex Sykes Movie BT on Twitter. The last word is abbreviated. And uh, and during the hiatus, during the time that I'm gone uh, from the air. Uh, go back and, and go through the archives. You're going to find fabulous guests, over 400 hours. Go or get the podcast and download it to your phones or your favorite electronic device and take it with you wherever you go. You're going to find lots of great things to uh, to listen to, to inspire you, and uh, and and help you do that much easier and better. And uh, And please go do that. All right. We've got great guests coming up when we return. And uh, I'll tell you more about that in the future, so do stay tuned. Thank you, Julian Adams. I appreciate you being here very much. And uh, good luck on this release of Phantom on the 25th, DVD, VOD, and and Blu-ray. So get it. And uh, everybody, have a fabulous day. Make your movies. Complete your projects. Until we meet the next time, that is a wrap.